Good morning, pilgrims and travelers on the funny path of life. Putting the pack on. Ah, ah. looking at the window of uh, the municipal albergue of Gradices. Um, and uh, I've actually spent my first night really alone uh, and in this case also without wi-fi <laughs> actually no it was great and i know it anyway and i'll get into that maybe later anywho so i'm now finished i've uh, done my scanning everything is okay okay i'm leaving one of my charger on the table for somebody who might need it. I've carried it long enough. I had three from my time at uh, at Burgundy. Thank you. That was wonderful. So, <laughs> yeah, when I said without Wi-Fi, that meant basically I had no Wi-Fi with my tablet, and. Uh, for me to, to watch, oh my goodness, interesting. Uh, for me to watch uh, something, definitely, uh, I would rather do it on a tablet than on the phone. Ooh, frisky, frisky, frisky. Okay, making sure that, uh, yep, yeah, it looks like I'm gonna be here. <coughs> so, I uh, went to the city hall yesterday to, Make sure that okay. Where are you? Here we go. Okay. Uh, went to the sorry about that. I had to. <clears throat> I mean, I was pretty sure I was on the right path, but I'm on the road actually. So went to the city hall. Well, actually, went to a bar because I called and they told me, you know, to go to a bar to get the key. <laughs> so I went to a bar, and they sent me to city hall. Anyhow, but they were open until three. You know, so typically two o'clock was a, a state employee when they closed. Anyhow, so I went there, very nice gal, checked me in, gave me the key, pointing me in a direction, which I had on a GPS anyway, and then went to the albergue. Kind of a funny building, it was like a three-story building, if I'm not mistaken, three or four, kind of looked like a Apartment building, the entrance, staircase, even an elevator. And uh, arrived, opened the door with couches, one of the F, a kitchen, uh, three dorms, one with two beds, no bunk beds, and then two other ones. So looking at what, four, eight, 12, 14 people could, uh, could sleep there. Two bathrooms, two showers, and actually a usable kitchen with a stove and everything. So <laughs> I had hold of my food, which was good because there was no grocery store here in Gradefes. So did my, you know, pasta deal. I had some garlic left over, thinly sliced it. And uh, that would have been nice, actually. If they had a little bit of oil, I would have uh, gently medium heat fried the uh, confit the garlic that would have been nice but uh, it was raw which i'm sure my breath expressed some of it anyhow and they had a washing machine so i uh, was like dang you know so i was thinking what i'd been doing with a washing machine when i had access was actually not to wash my clothes because i do that by hand and i don't feel the need you know, I feel like it would be a waste of water and energy to... Well, water, no, that's debatable. Because I'm more likely using more water in the shower to wash and rinse it than I would in a washing machine. But, you know, just kind of, I'm in a habit now. Oh, hey, guys! How you doing? How you doing? And so, I kind of put my laundry in thinking, well, wash it. But I'm like... 
Yeah, but that's not enough. I don't want to do like uh, only filled up the the washing machine halfway. And then I saw that there was a laundry basket with some dirty bed sheet and uh, pillowcases, and that it did beautifully. So I did the alberghi's laundry, and then my laundry. And uh, so that was nice, kind of a luxury. Yeah, completely different sky today, guys. So I'm very, very flat again. This is the last day of uh, of my Camino. I'm back on track. I'm not going to digress too much. I guess that's one of the challenges when you are on the move. And so, uh, yeah, I did my stuff. I ate and then I crashed a little bit. Uh, my legs, again, feeling a little uh, interesting, tired, basically, kind of a little sore. And... Um, Everything feels great this morning. Of course, my pack is uh, lighter, you know, by at least five pounds, if not six pounds lighter. Because of the food. And uh, then when I got up, I had some recycling I wanted to take. And I knew I had to walk back into the center of town because I was on the outskirt. And... Um, and then I remembered the church. So there is, is uh, it's a Cistercian order that uh, live in that uh, monastery. And uh, of course, a town kind of basically built around it. Because, I mean, if it's a monastery, it would normally be away from civilization. It may not have been the case on this one. I don't know. But we're looking at like it happened in the 12th century. It was founded by one of the nuns that moved here. And so that building is a Roman kind of church from the 12th century. So I kind of asked, you know, it's like, is it, is it open? You know, so it's kind of ironic, you know, you're on this uh, religious pilgrimage. And then uh, most of the churches you find along that religious pilgrimage are closed. I find it quite ironic, 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 ironic. Why does it sound weird? Ironic, it's right. So I went in, started my amazing grace, and then uh, somebody walked in and out, so I kind of stopped. And then I was able to, yeah, to get one in there, as I was doing like a kind of a walking uh, around that church, which was cut in half. There is one where the nuns uh, do the, the offices, and there's like a wall separating it, which is kind of weird, like a glass wall. But I was in the other one where the mass, I guess, happened, and it's really, really nice. I really like, uh, I really like the acoustic of a of a church, you know, to do that kind of singing. So, and I did myself a little recording. So, and I have to say, I'm I'm not finding my voice too shabby. You know, you've uh, you've heard uh, me mostly when I'm walking, which is a little trickier to get a good voice, but because whether I'm going uphill or whatever, I'm exerting a little bit more of energy, so my uh, my lungs may be challenged to keep up with the verses, but uh, enjoyed that. And then uh, solemnly <coughs> walked back to the albergue, <coughs> took care of my dry laundry, folded uh, the bed sheet from the albergue, which again, it was nice. You know, considering there was a five euro stay, you know, compared to <laughs> to some of my luxurious stay, and uh, and I would dare to say, you know, having access to a kitchen and you know to do things like a pilgrim kind of uh, would like to, uh, it is yeah such better, better, better deal. You know, though I've had very nice bed and very nice room, and like in Espinama, that was a very nice place, a very sweet man. But, uh, yeah, I guess my, my needs are so simple, you know, and those things, you know, those luxurious uh, accommodation to me, uh, they just don't do the job. They don't make me more happy. So having basic needs met requires very little in my life right now, and the rest is superflu superfluous. It just, it, it reminds me of Playa del Carmen. I think it was 2009 when we went to the wedding of Bob's. 
uh, Emily's best friend, Emily, who is uh, Glenda's youngest daughter, my used to be my stepdaughter. And so we were invited. So of course we were because Emily and Bubs were best friends. They they grew a chunk of years in Omaha, Nebraska, and both families were in the Air Force, and both were uh, officers. And uh, I'm not I'm not sure if Craig was who was Donna's husband, who was Bubs. Uh, I'm sorry, Jamie, I should say. I'm going too fast here. Okay, I'm going too fast. I realize that. All right, so a little background. So, again, I was married to Glenda. Glenda has two daughters, Erin and Emily. Erin is two years younger than me, which means she's born in 74. And Emily is... Hold on a second. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, that's right. So Erin was born in 74. Erin is Glenda's oldest daughter. And Emily was born in 83. So she's nine years younger than than Erin. So uh, Glenda was her ex-husband, with whom she was married 25 years. Bill Price, William Price, was uh, U.S. Air Force B-2, B-52, sorry, navigator. So... He was into math. That was kind of his thing. So he was a navigator on those uh, bombers in the Air Force. So they traveled. You know, they live in Merced, California. I think there's a base near there. And then one was Omaha, which, again, at an Air Force base, Omaha, Nebraska. And so while they were there, you know, they had those accommodations, those lodgings, where all the officers basically had their own homes. And so they lived there. And then... Uh, they became very, very good friend with the Scherzberg, who, who is Craig and Donna. And then uh, oh, his three daughters, I don't remember, <clears throat> I don't remember all of them. But the youngest one is Jamie, or as uh, she became known, Bubs. And so was Emily. They were just Bubs, the two of them. And they became very, very good friend. <sighs> I forgot exactly how many years. I think they were like around five years old. And they are the same age, basically, when they, uh, when they got to meet each other. And so because of the children and the parents, you know, they became very good friends. And they've kept in touch since. So the Bubs and her family um, stayed in Omaha, as Craig stayed in the military longer than Bill. And so I'm, I'm not sure if I had met Donna before. I think I had met her once. I had not met Craig, Jamie, Bubs. Uh, I think I did. I think, uh, oh, yes, of course I did. Because of, um, okay, Glenda's nephew, Eric Nelson, who is her brother's son, who is Mark, Mark Nelson. That is Glenda's family's name, maiden's name. Uh, you get married in Lafayette, in uh, New Louisiana. I don't remember when, but that was before uh, Bob's wedding. Oh yeah, my goodness, they were kids, they were teenage. And then we went there, and then somehow Bob's, the two Bob's were together. So we took them along and went for the wedding there, and then went to New Orleans after the wedding. So I met her at least once before the wedding. And of course, if you know me, I with children and teenage for sure, I have, a, <laughs> I have a, an eccentric uh, reputation. I definitely don't behave like you, your typical adult. Anywho, so I met Bob at least once or twice. And then uh, so we were invited. Of course, I was because I was with Glenda, you know. And of course, uh, you know, Emily was going to be invited. So mother. So we basically made a trip out of uh, going to Mexico. And Playa del Carmen, if I'm not mistaken, is a little more south of Cancun, which is a big, big American tourist destination. So big resorts and uh, very affordable trip for an American. What you, the, what you get, the value for your money, would be kind of like for a lot of Europeans to come to Spain, you know? Uh, or like a Swiss person. Here we go. That would be accurate. Like a Swiss person to come down to 
have a vacation in Spain. It would be very, very cheap for what, and what you would get, you could never dream of that in your home country. So tourism is a big thing in between Mexico and the United States. And so, <laughs> I've, lost, I've lost my thought. Why did I bring, why did I bring Bob's? Why did I bring the wedding? And we went with Glenda. Oh, I know why. Oh, I remember. Okay. So because, talking about luxury, and me growing to really not like them. They really, um, yeah, they, they, they feel kind of dirty. And here's what I mean. So you go to a place to where the value of your money is higher, you know, than that country. If you go to like a poorer developing countries or, or whatever, you know, you're going to have a higher power of acquisition, yeah? You're going to be more powerful. Your money is going to be worse than what it is in your country. So you can buy more things more easily. And uh, I was bringing that wedding that we went to. And we made a vacation in that resort, which was ridiculous. It was amazing. And I realized when we got done with it, I was like, this is not a good thing. You know, this is, this is not a good... Uh... Hold on, I need to make sure that, I'm, that I haven't come to my stop yet. Uh-huh, look at that. Okay, uh, this is not a good thing for me to do. This gives you wrong, erroneous expectations in terms of what's normal. And and then also realizing, I think I had uh, learned about kind of the tourist industry in Jamaica. You know, that you have this area for tourists, which is quite safe and very, very nice and politically correct. And then, then there is like an invisible frontier, which is like, don't go there because that's dangerous. Because then you have really have poverty and then you have this kind of, uh, uh, you have such a, a shift, economic shift from one place to the next. And so that's kind of what it felt like, you know. Anyway, and I don't understand, of course, about economy and international business and all the likes, you know. But to me, it came down to this was not good. This gives you the wrong taste and it kind of can make you greedy and more selfish and more self-centered. And, you know, it just, I find it isolating. I mean, the room was amazing. You know, the, the customer service was amazing. The facility was amazing. Um... If I'm not, I don't remember that, but I think it was a 50 meter lap pool. There were like three or four lanes, I don't remember. And they had like uh, five restaurants on the place. So it was all inclusive, you know, they had a, a, a dive bar basically in the pool that you would swim to. So people would basically get wasted because you had uh, unlimited, you know, you could drink all you want. And of course for the food, which was crazy, you had like a, I forgot the, different restaurant. I think kind of like maybe a French a fancy one and an Asian and Italian. I don't remember. I just remember really liking the creme caramel there. We flaxseed. I, I, would, I, would, I would sprinkle ground flaxseed on my creme caramel and that was a treat. But uh, yeah. And then uh, those places, you know, where I've stayed. And of course, I stayed there because like Espinama, like uh, in Cadiz, and and they were very nice, you know, very nice things. Kind of, you look around, very aesthetically pleasing, but this is not necessary. And to me, I'm very grateful, of course, for having had a place to stay. And there's no question. So I don't want to give the wrong message here. <laughs> and that's why I stayed in them anyway. You know that that was the least that I could do. That's the best thing that I could find. But uh, yeah, the place was did yesterday. Yeah, the painting, the, 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 the walls were not cleanly painted. I mean, you know, the doors, some doors were not functioning well. You have all those things, you know, but yeah, the mattress was <laughs> very soft to say the least, you know, but they actually wear personal touches and they were all the amenities. That to me, 
made for a wonderful stay. So what was important, you know, was not as comfortable the mattress was or the thread count on the sheet or, you know, on the decoration. Though it, I do enjoy it, you know, it's not like, I'm not saying it's incompatible, you know. And in that way, you know, when I think about Berge Verde, for me, it's, it combines that because there is a, there is a, an ambience in terms of the way the decoration is. It is, yeah, it is not like a institutional in terms of how it's done. It's personal. It has a different feel. So I do like that and it makes it nice and I would not have minded that, but it's just not necessary and it doesn't make one's life better. And I would dare to say, I think it makes one life worse because you, you go to that place where you feel kind of some form of elation, you know, and really we're talking about ego-based elation here because this is not true happiness. You know, having this kind of a place and feeling so comfortable and uh, having a beautiful view and uh, though it is enjoyable, but to not get caught up in that in terms of, well, that contribute to happiness, because I don't believe that at all, actually. I think it's actually completely counterproductive <laughs> because... The, what you feel in that environment, I want to say inflated, I want to say artificial, but they don't do the job. It is mistaken. What you're feeling, you're mistaking that for something else. You're thinking that that kind of a high, you know, that kind of elation, you know, is what you want, is what you need in order for your life to be um, vetted correctly. And that's not true. But I'm not going to deny it. Like, you know, right now, I am passing by a field of corn on my left, and I don't know what's on the right. I would say wheat, if I had to guess. Because I have a, a row of a hedge of tree uh, a row of trees preventing me from seeing, and I have basically the sky is cleared, so it's sunny. Uh, it was chilly coming out in the shade, but now in the sun, you know, it feels wonderful. So I am kind of a part of me is elated. It's like, oh, this is so nice. But at the same time, it's like this is not better. Than yesterday when I had to put my jacket on and get rained on and my shoes get soaked, my shorts get soaked, you know, and uh, part of my face gets soaked. And I was like, that was, that's not better. But the experience, the quality of it, yes, I, I enjoy, a part of me enjoy what this is today better than what I had yesterday. And I can't. I don't know so far how to change that. You know, how to be equanimous, equanimity, I have not reached that place. To not be too attracted or too dejected or too disgusted, basically. But to not get caught up in attraction and rejection. That's a tough one. One of my Buddhist challenge. So there is no, no I, as of now, I can't question that. It is so much more enjoyable to me, that kind of weather, than when it's raining and cold and windy. But at the same time, this is not happiness. You know, it is a conditioned quality of being, you know, that's completely dependent on exterior factors and therefore it's not sustainable because external, externally everything is bound, condemned to change. And that's it, you know. The the good weather never stays. I mean, look at now, you know, what's happening with the environment, the heat waves we've just had, you know, uh, how the, the weather pattern are changing. And my guess is, you know, some area 
which had it good for the weather for a while. Now they're going to have trouble with uh, precipitation and then something that they've always been dependent on in order to cultivate what they have been cultivating. And then, then what? So to be taking that for granted or to be relying exclusively on that, I think it's problematic to say the least. So as I'm learning or trying to learn, should I say, you know, to live within, you know, that stadium of conditionality and externality, I'm also learning to live internally to where some of my well-being is not exclusively dependent on those things. And that's, uh, yeah, that's kind of the game. So, I guess something else I can give, you know, to the Camino, to being on the move, which for whatever reason seems to be really conducive to some form of inspiration for me. You know, I feel, uh, I feel stirred up. I feel, uh, yeah, I guess inspired, You could, I can say. I think that'd be fair. You know, and not because of the Camino, but uh, the fact of moving, you know, that, uh, I mean, I, you know, I want a shelter and I want all those things, you know, all my necessities. But then outside of that, you know, it's like not getting attached to it. Okay, that was it. That was my bed. That was my bathroom. That was a kitchen, you know, that was my food. And then boom. And the next day... All that stuff is gone, you know. And then uh, my body, I guess, has been the one constant. You know, my backpack, the clothes, of course, my mobile, which is a big one. So, you know, thinking about those, what I call luxurious place where I've stayed, you know, before. And definitely that resort in Playa del Carmen, which really stands out. Uh, it was really problematic for me when I left it. I kind of realized that was not healthy. Or like thinking of cruises, you know. Well, I mean, beside the fact that it just sounds pretty freaking boring to be most of the time on that boat. And I'm sure they're doing an amazing job to entertain you, you know, to keep you, you know, to keep you going in that uh, rat cage. You know, I think a lot of us, kind of live like, live like that anyway. You know, you, you find yourself in that cell and it doesn't matter how big or small it is, a cell is a cell. It basically has walls and basically that's it. There's no going past. And then you just, you know, you decorate it, you add the furniture and then you make yourself as comfortable as you can. And then that becomes your life. And... Uh, for me, you know, it's something that <laughs> I guess I can honestly say, uh, honestly, honestly say, uh, never has been sustainable. And I'm, I guess, I'm kind of giving it a wrong rap, wrong rap here, because yeah, there's nothing wrong in that, and I think it is quite normal to want to have that place you know I completely understand it but for me and it is a tough one it's a tough one to try to express what it is that's happening in my life as I am kind of forced to to let go to let go to let go to not hang on to most things that I've been used to hang on and that I've wanted to hang on for so long. So to to break kind of like a this biological or cultural or societal habit that is ingrained in every individual that ever sees the light of day. And for me you know, again, one more thing, you know, that from my perspective makes me different is that my inability 
to to remain in that mold or even to fit in that mold in the first place just kind of forcing me for a while kind of like uh you know trying to force the wrong shape of an object into the, the hole and then you're pushing you're pushing and you know it doesn't matter how hard you try it eventually it's going to spring right back out with a vengeance and uh, the longer you try to push it the more power it's going to have when it bounces right back out so you'll have to forgive me because i can't help to refer i can't help but to refer myself to a certain uh, human baseline in terms of my understanding of what it means to be alive you know the maslow pyramid you know all of those things that a civilization is saying this is what one person need to have a meaningful life to have a basic meaningful life you know to take care of your basic necessities this is what you need and uh of course i do need a shelter you know whether it be a tent or you know a place very few people i think very very few may not have a need for that or maybe very comfortable in nature but they will still make a shelter <laughs> i mean uh even animal will look for shelter when the weather gets bad they're not going to build themselves a house but they will look for the cover of trees so yes yeah, they are they are basic behaviors typical to each species to deal with the natural world and for me it's it feels so the, the the realm that i'm entering is so foreign to me it's kind of like revisiting and redefining all of those and questioning all of those supposedly subjective sorry objective baseline of reference you know it's like it's not me saying it's just as a human being this is what a human being needs and then that's it and it's black and white and as it turns out to me it's not black and white there are very 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 few things black and white right like i have to die and i have to breathe the rest is choice is pressure you know is a perceived need a want a desire that drives your behavior but it ends up being a choice and my part of my new camino my new life my new challenge is to visit you know to lift up some stones which have never been lifted in my life and to question or to be curious and not to take it for granted and also in my case not having a model you know i haven't found a book where well, stephen wolf actually maybe i'll have to read again even though the end is kind of weird and very trippy uh i remember being like wow that's me that's me oh that's me i guess is it eight or is it nine it's gonna be nine o'clock right yeah well let's see if you open this church i'm not sure what's the name of the town here yeah no it's closed anyhow uh let me see did i see yeah here we go I see the arrow. so all of that from where i stayed anyway so it was very nice albergue i enjoyed going to that uh, that church from it's a cistercian order but they are none and uh so i had a very evening quiet i pretty much behave in the place as if somebody was going to show up you know to being very considerate in the kitchen and i mean i always clean after myself anyway i i am quite responsible i know that i am 
with the, you know respecting the place but nobody did so it was wonderful uh, went to bed early actually went to bed around nine which i was glad because i was tired and uh yeah there's something going on i think for the last two days whatever it is it's it's not the camino it's something else i know it is but uh, each morning i wake up and the body is fresh, good to go. So on I go. And so went to bed early. I had a curtain so I could bring darkness in the room. And then I had my alarm for six o'clock, which would have made like a nine hour sleep. But I was up by five. So I had a very nice long yoga session, which was wonderful. And then also a nice, uh, Sitting meditation. I've tried to get hooked up with catch surfing, but uh, I think there's a discrepancy again between a, a kind of a US setting on the phone and then me being uh, in Europe now. So I may have to go spend a little time. I'm thinking of maybe taking a day off in uh, Leon. So, I think I might do that. Maybe even check the town. Why not, you know? But uh, before studying Salvador. And then I need to look for, because I think their place is closed now, Albergue, so I'm going to have to look into it. It's not a big Camino. You know, it's like 120 or so kilometers, so it's not a, a big one to take me to Oviedo. So, yeah, I'm thinking about... All right, here we have uh, at least two options. My guess, I don't see an arrow, but my guess is I'm going this way. Huh, I'm not seeing anything. No, okay. Oh, and I'm wrong, actually. I'm going here, okay. <laughs> so, anywho. Yeah, we'll be looking into it for the Salvador, the Savior Trail. But uh, this is it. Huh? This is my last day. This is uh, the last day of the Badiniense, arriving to Mancia de las Mulas. I have a reservation in Gaia, which is like Mother Earth. I'm not even sure in what language that is. And they actually texted me yesterday to make sure, which made sense, you know, I'm sure. You have a lot of the issue with people doing reservation in more than, more than one place or, you know, changing their mind or something happening and not communicating. I guess that's a part, uh, you know, part for par. That's par for the trip. And, uh, yeah, it's going to be a very, very nice, uh, basically a spring day, really, the weather, uh, as we are heading towards summer. So, basically, within the next week, we will be back. Temperature will jump more than actually about 10 degrees. As we we are, I guess, officially, that's right, we're officially in summer. So, this is officially my uh, the beginning of my third month on this Camino. And I guess to finish that recording, something... That I was thinking about yesterday. I think that's kind of making sense somehow, as of now, anyway. So I'm gonna go to, you know, to Leon, start the Camino of the Savior. Sorry, the Savior's Camino, and then I'll do the Primitivo, which will actually lead me to Palace del Rey. I was wrong, I said it was Meride, but it's not. So the Primitivo will lead me there. And then I'm thinking of turning around and then doing it backward. And then to come back to Oviedo, and from Oviedo to go back toward the north Camino. So that stretch all the way to San Vicente de la Barquera. All the one that uh, I didn't do. And that would pretty much uh, make it... Okay, hold on here. I have a feeling I'm supposed to be taking... Right. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, it's not very well marked here in this city. 
I'm not seeing it anyway if it is. And uh, and then to walk back. So possibly all the way, because I, I would like it anyway, to to the back of the, the Basque country. It was beautiful. And then to cross into France, to cross from the, I guess, the North Camino to Saint-Jean-Pied-de-Port. And then uh, Chemin d'Arles. So it's uh, going to from like Spain to Italy, across the southern, southern part of France. There's a, the Arles, Arles Way, Chemin d'Arles. And there's a monastery there. I checked it yesterday. And there was kind of an invitation, you know, if you wanted to be a volunteer, if you wanted to help out, you know, we, we can always use somebody, you're welcome to to show up. So, I, I think that's going to become my new goal. So, we're looking at, uh, <laughs> uh, I mean, here, it's going to be three weeks, five weeks. Yet. That's going to be back between one and two months. So we are looking at me, I guess, through August, possibly walking. Anyhow, for now, anyway. And if not, if something was to change, you know, I would have no qualm about taking the bus and or the train and then just uh, courting a chunk of it or taking a little time off. But I think that's going to be my general direction for now. I'm not saying I'm glad I need to get past the whole Santiago is there. Because it's not true. It's not for me. You know, I'm not interested in going there. I think it's a cool place for pilgrims, of course. For sure, on your first Camino, you know, symbolically, it represents something and I completely respect it. But to me, you know, the each day is my Santiago on the Camino. So just being able to walk and to have those places to welcome me and host me. The albergues are way more Santiago to me than Santiago de Compostela. So it just doesn't have any meaning to me. It doesn't represent the end. It doesn't represent an accomplishment. But to each his own. Uh, I am mindful and I want to work on not playing it down so much the whole... Uh, you know, the whole symbolism of Santiago de Compostela for so many people, which is important to them, which is meaningful to them. And I do respect that. Sometimes I get caught up in my, my role of, you know, Anthony on the margins, you know, Anthony the rubble. But it's this is kind of bullshit. So, but that being said, yeah, I have no problem at all about not making it there. So we'll see. So the idea of going, doing the Primitivo both ways and then walking back toward Oviedo. And then uh, actually then that would mean I would get to that albergue <laughs> in uh, Ferreras, I think it's called. Ferreras or Ferreras, I forgot. And um, that is German gal last year when I was in Miadoiro, one of my favorite albergues. I really made it, that place had really made an impact on her, but I I didn't make it because they had clothes for personal reasons. So for now, that's kind of uh, well, that's definitely plenty that would keep me moving until August and then uh, crossing back into France. So for now, I will leave it at that. That's plenty. It is, uh, yeah, it's the plan is there. So my mind is more than likely going to be more at peace and uh, uh, won't have to feel like it has to come up for air. Wow, beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. And uh, for now anyway, one day at a time, I'm going to walk, I'm going to enjoy, you know. So we're going to go back to the warm weather, drier. I have to say, I don't mind that at all. So... (laughs) That is really, yeah, that is really my favorite time. Uh, and then I guess we'll see traffic-wise, pilgrim-wise, of course, it's going to start building up now. You know, this is, uh, it's got to be the last week for school. So starting next week, you know, definitely starting July, uh, we're going to have more tourists and then more kids. 
college kid and the like. Anywho. All right, guys. Uh, wish you a beautiful day. It's beautiful here. Still corn. So a lot of corn being grown here. And uh, yeah, wish you a beautiful day. And onward to Mancia de las Mulas I go. Love and peace. forgot about it change of pace you know yes I've been here for my goodness uh, almost six hours now in uh, Mancia de las Mulas when I arrived at the albergue it was already saying it was full you know but I had made the reservation it is ahead I'm sure we'd have found a place, so yeah, there were more than one albergue, but yeah. different momentum. More English, of course. Met uh, from Denmark, uh, a guy from Sweden, some American, one that I get to use the word CGM with. A constant uh, glucose monitor. <laughs> she is like one diabetes. So she was psyched that she was able to talk to somebody who could follow her on the, <laughs> on the thyroid about type 1 diabetes. And in her case, it was different than mine, even though I knew the same person she knew that kind of changed her life in terms of uh, how she chose to approach it because she's eating fruit. You know, that, that there's a uh, there's a lot of theories out there, but anyway, I am uh, in the camp of the one that has believe there's nothing wrong with the fruit. And of course, it's not based on my science, but uh, I'm some expert. But anyway, so we knew the same guy. It was pretty cute. She was really, really excited. She actually showed me, you know, which is kind of almost like an implant, that uh, constant glucose monitor, but it is more accurate. It's, it's an interesting piece of technology. For people who have uh, compromised pancreas. Anywho, some Spanish, some French, a guy from South Korea. So yeah, it's definitely way more international. And a lot of people for whom uh, it is their first rodeo. I don't even know how many freaking caninos I've done by then, but it's definitely quite a few. But yeah, I don't. I just. Uh, I've been already asked that a couple of times at least, but I've just been like, well, a few, good enough. I'm somehow resisting, you know. Not that it would feel like boasting, but I think a part of me would kind of feel like a certain amount of, well, look how many I have done, you know. And it would be so silly. So I hope I don't, uh, I keep not wasting that opportunity to not get caught up in a trip. You know, but yeah, the quarter. Quite a few, quite a few conversation already. Uh, it was being silly when I got there. I mean, it was such a change of, of a social setting, you know. Uh, Nyberg gave with a similar capacity as far as beds, and you know, yesterday it was for myself, and today uh, it's full. So we're looking at 16 people here today. The hosts are very sweet. The alberghi is called Gaia. Uh, so very nice kitchen. Um, yeah, very, very cute place. And then they have a little backyard, which is where I am right now. I can see the steeple of uh, whatever the church is. It's kind of red brick, at least three bells. I don't know. It's funky. Don't know much actually about Mancia de las Mulas, really. 
I'm just gonna have to get the groceries and I've been back here since. Did really enjoy it. the walk was uh, felt like a very this morning. I stopped by a very nice area with some weeping willow, quite a few of them, which is, uh, I really like those trees. And I don't know what those other trees were that were planted. A lot of big, well-established weeping willow and a couple of uh, concrete bench uh, picnic table. So I did a very nice break there where I munched for a while. So the weather was ridiculously pleasant. I had the word sweet that came to mind, which is very interesting. The sweetness of the air. It feels rather mild, you know, the only we are here in summer and I'm surprised to see how cool it is. The the heat wave is gone. So I guess uh yeah, a few days ago. I think last Thursday or Friday. I think at least for most of Spain, anyhow. Yeah, I talked earlier about, you know, the new idea that I have, my new general direction, and I like it. I think I'm going to stick with that for now, and uh, we'll see what happens on, uh, on the way to the forum. But, uh, yeah, planning to take a day off tomorrow in Leon, which is weird, of all places. But, yeah, I think that I will do that. Uh, I need to find the center for the, the, the pilgrim. Leon to get some information about uh, actually the primitive and then the the savior, killing of the savior, because they are they are burgers that are closed. So see if I can get some information. But yeah, gonna enjoy quite, gonna enjoy day two. Give a break to the body, even though today feel like not much at all. But you know, it's still 23 kilometers. And uh, I can't take it for granted. So, giving giving some TLC to my body, and then then we'll see what happens. I mean, the, yeah, I know that nothing is going to happen from now on. It's going to be more than what I've gone through, and knowing what I know about how my body has done, felt, and dealt with, that it will be just fine physically. So, um, I want to make sure. Nose is like fucking, it's been bleeding. I've picked the wrong scab, anyhow. So, yeah, we'll uh, maybe even do a little sightseeing tomorrow. We'll see. We'll see. There should be a bunch of pilgrims in Leon. Kind of funny, too, it's not too far from uh, Hospital de Orbigo, yeah, but uh, by the road, about 30 or so kilometers. Really, actually, a day's walk. I was actually going to point some of the gals in that direction, but there are five of them, and I'm not surprised when she told me that they had already the place, the place is reserved. They kind of knew where they were going, which makes sense. Five people, end of June, is not a bad idea. So, so I'm pretty sure they will not go to Albergue Verde. But it doesn't matter. It doesn't make the trip better or worse. It would have been, it could have been a cute suggestion. I'm actually told, I may actually tell the, uh, the Swedish and the Danish girl though about it, just in case, anyhow. So yeah, I feel good about that decision, about that general direction, about living Spain. I said it's time. And this ball that's rolling around, and though there have been, you know, bumps and holes and frascos, um, charcos, puddles, you know, dips in the road, but in the end, there's not a place that I can call home, so onward I go, and uh, yeah, there are more caminos that I could do, I could do more walking. I mean, and I still have, you know, still looking at uh, 
more than likely around a thousand or so kilometers, that's my guess, that I have on my plate. No, it's gonna be more, well, it doesn't matter what it is anyway, but you know, still have a good chunk of change in terms of mileage. But I like the idea of Sarans, of that monastery. And actually, I <laughs> there's a couple of older French people that I chat, chatted with a little bit. I pretty much chatted with everybody. And they live near that monastery. They actually know it quite well. They even know the man who, who's running the place. So, anyway, it's be interesting. But that's... Anyway, it's at least... You get that part taken care of. So now it's all going to be pretty, pretty my simple routine. Just, uh, you know, more of a crowd for now. We'll see about the saviors coming up, but I really doubt that it's going to be anything like that. So some people told me that it's busy right now. You know, but if it is, it's going to be more than likely a bunch of Spanish people. Anyway, regardless, it's where I'm heading, so. It doesn't matter. It was nice to, to mingle with the energy. We were lo I mean, most of the people I, I chatted with, you know, they could. They're young, young, they're babies. And when I call the diaper doctor, she's just about to, to finish. Well, she has to do a rotation, an internship, and then she has to pick up a specialty. But yeah, for me they're like uh, youngins, youngsters. I'm definitely mindful when I when I talk to them because I realize that where I am, my lens, my way of looking at things is so far fetched. Even though with a Danish gal, a couple of things she was saying made me think of myself. When I was younger, you know, kind of lost, kind of confused, trying to fit and not being able to. And I'm sure wondering about my my adequacy, you know, what's wrong with me? Why am I not able to do that? You know, looking around and seeing what seems to be, you know, that effortless belonging on multiple part. Some people just make it look that way. And a few of them do, definitely, easily applied in there. But I think for most people it is working. But she could possibly have that in common with me where she just doesn't fit and she doesn't quite know it yet and she's not willing yet to accept that. Maybe never will. I'm sure not everybody gets to a place to where they they accept and they surrender to the law of inevitability which is who they are, who they were made, and uh, a pear tree can only produce pears, or produce nothing at all, but it just can produce oranges, doesn't matter what you try to do, you can't win against your nature, you can stall it, but you can't change it. And though I don't have any final words, you know, I don't have any certainty of life, but uh, the quality of uh, sorry, I was thinking about this gal, she had this laundry bag, it's I guess a bag where you put the soap in the laundry, kind of like a camping uh, bag, anyway, I've never seen that before, not that I'm surprised, but anyway. Was cute, kind of the the virgin of the Camino, you know. Kind of things you you could justify carrying along that you think would be worthwhile. And I personally, I mean, with my silly shower hand washing, I'm quite actually really satisfied. With I have a little scrubbing actually do and. Really, how clean overall things are, anyhow. But you know, I'm not being 
I'm not being uh, condescending here. I just think it's cute. It makes me think of an. Makes me think of Bear Bryson, A Walk in the Woods. Uh, if you have not read that book, I would really encourage you. They did a horrible uh, movie rendition with uh, Robert Redford and um, Nick Nolte. Really, really bad, actually. I forgot who else. But uh, pretty sad. But the book is hilarious, for sure. Even more so if you've done anything that though. He's, he's, a, he's a New England writer. I really like him. I'm not sure if I read any other stuff from him. Anyhow. Anyhow. Well, my friend, one more day on the Camino, and uh, we are officially into summer. Starting on a very sweet note. So, I think I will leave it at that for now. And I wish you all, whoever you are, singular or plural, I wish you a life of meaning, a life of dreams, a life of risk, a life of buckling knees, shitting your pants, and moving forward anyway. Love. Thank you.